Hello, everybody. It's time for the Ghoul Squad Podcast. How's it going out there, everybody? It's time for another episode of the Ghoul Squad Podcast. I'm Keegan Preslock. I'm Eric Hoff. And this is a horror podcast where two buddies in the middle of nowhere get together once every... How long has it been? Forever? Uh, over a month, I think, since our last one. Yeah, it took us a while. I feel like we say this every episode. But I did move apartments, you know, in the middle of this, so... I got, like, a job job now? <laughs> Who do you work for now? Well, maybe you shouldn't say. It's federal job. Yes. Uh, Who do you work for? The USPS. Wow, so you're delivering all these movies to everybody now. Yep. Have you seen any movies that you've, like, does it look like you're delivering a movie? Netflix. Oh, okay. People still have Netflix. Yep. I'm Including just me. In fact, I delivered my own Netflix film wow. the other day. Yeah. You should have stole your own Netflix film. Anyways, this is, like I said, a horror podcast where two buddies sit down and we uh, talk about horror movies. We have a topic every week. They've recently been top five lists. We could do a top 10 list, but I feel like it would take us another six months. What is our topic this week? Uh, we're doing our top favorite films from the 90s. Which is an interesting decade. So we will talk about that. Um, but first, I want to shout out some people um, that told us that they were listening to the podcast, which is exciting because we just assume nobody listens. Right. We thought we were just doing this for ourselves. Right. So it's exciting to hear anybody. And right now, we've got the Keeping It Horror podcast hit us up on Instagram and when I say hit us up, I mean, I screwed up and thought they were a different podcast, but uh, they have a podcast coming soon. So anyways, hello, Keeping It Horror Podcast. We're going to check you out. And thanks for, you know, noticing us and checking us out. We appreciate that. Yes, thank you. And we've got a quick shout out to Ethan Verdin. He said he'd listen to us at work. So hello, Ethan. Thank you. And uh, one more, uh, Josh Goes to Hell. Hello, Josh goes to hell he suggested our next episode right he said we should do a slasher episode that is minus jason freddie and michael so uh we promise to start working on that soon yeah so anyways josh goes to hell hello and thank you we are that's going to be our next episode topic so you know we're always asking for suggestions we finally got one yeah that's awesome and this is episode number six i know we've, i'm stoked we're keeping this train rolling i wish it were episode 666 but we they can't not? they can't all be 666. Well, we could at least call this episode like 6.66. That's true. We should do that. Go uh, ahead. Like we said our our topic this week is going to be top 5 90s horror movies. Maybe every episode should just be a celebration of the beast. Yes. So, are you ready to get into the show? Absolutely. That's well, what we're here for. First of all, we want to uh, we do what we've been watching, uh, which is just whatever we've seen lately. Whether it's like new or old or whatever, this time we have two new things and we've both seen them. And the first thing is Conjuring 2. Yes. If you know me out there, I am a huge James Wan fan. He was what, your number two director when we did our top? You know, I think he was number three. He was three. But it was because I had Wes Craven, uh, John Carpenter, and uh, Alfred Hitchcock. And okay. I felt like putting James Wan ahead of those would be a little pretentious. Sure. So, I wouldn't say pretentious. I would say wrong. <laughs> That's kind of what I meant. So yeah, anyways, Conjuring 2 came out. If you know me, I'm a huge James Wan fan. The Conjuring, I think, is his best movie, and it's a perfect movie. And so I was very excited for The Conjuring 2. Were you excited for it as well? Absolutely. Couldn't wait to go. And I guess uh, I'll start by just saying that I loved it. Definitely. Um, I thought it was amazing. 
Uh, I hate to start with this, but because I thought it was so good, I think I would just say it's not as good as the first movie. I was just going to ask that. Yeah, and the question would be, why is it not as good as the first movie? I think it's just a little too long. It's a little convoluted uh, in plot. Where the first one, I think, is like a perfect masterpiece. It's like for, from beginning to end. It makes sense what the motivations are and the demons make sense and the ghosts. Where this one had like five or six different demons and ghosts. And then they were all pulled together by one. Uh, and it just, it just didn't, the motivation seemed kind of weird in terms of that. Other than that, I just absolutely loved it. And I can't wait to see it again. Well, what I loved so much about it was uh, creature design. Uh, how fantastic was the Crooked Man? Yes. And obviously the Demon Nun. Uh, if I had to pick out of the two of my favorites, I'm definitely going the Crooked Man. Blew me away that that's a real actor. Yeah. I, I thought for sure that was stop motion, CGI or something. But nope, that's a real dude who's done other films such as Mama. Yeah, I uh, when I... When I saw that, I was very excited. If you've seen The Conjuring 2, there's this character called the Crooked Man, and he appears first on this little, what do you call that? Like a, there's a toy that helps a kid stop stuttering is what it is. And uh, he sings a song about the Crooked Man, but it, it zooms in and you just see this horrifying image of this this tall man. And whenever he like first appears, it was like, I don't know, it's shocking? Yeah. An appropriate word? Like, I was like, is this happening right now? Well... When I first saw that little thing that spins and I saw him on it and he's singing that song, I was like, okay, James Wan, I know that the Crooked Man is coming now. Right. Um, I will say the first time he appeared, I was excited, but I thought he was CG. It right. just took me out. And whether or not he is CG, it looked like it was. So I hate to, I mean, that guy did a great job. His name is, his last name is Botet. Javier, um, maybe? Javier Botet, yeah. And uh, looks great, but it just, it was so jarring that I feel like it kind of took me out of the movie for a second. The, the couple more times after you see the crooked man, I thought he looked great. I love the movie. I just don't think it's, I don't think it's perfect, which is kind of a ridiculous critique, right? You know, how many movies are perfect. And I think the conjuring is, I don't think the conjuring two is, but it's still great. And what else, what else did you think? Uh, well, the word is, you know, that there's going to be a demon nun spinoff, right? I'd rather have a crooked man, uh, spinoff myself. Uh, he reminded me a lot of the Babadook. The Crooked Man? Yeah, absolutely. We're just talking about the Crooked Man here. Yeah. Screw the movie. Hey, he was a standout of the film. He was. Uh, uh, whenever, so was the nun, though. Whenever I watched it, uh, I'm definitely glad that I sat in the last row. Oh, wow. Because I was definitely... I jumped a few times, and I'm glad no one saw me uh, jumping. There's one big Crooked Man jump that I, like, jumped out of my seat. Um, that's all I'll say. He's great, but obviously kind of the standout from it has been the nun. For everyone else, that's apparently going to get a spinoff, right? Uh, which is exciting. The instant I saw the Crooked Man, I was like, "Oh, here's our spinoff. It's him. You know, this is our new Annabelle doll, right?" And apparently, it's the nun. So, which again doesn't make a whole lot of sense because it turned. Well, I don't want to spoil The Conjuring too, but I just think the the tie-in of all the different sort of demons and spirits and stuff is weird uh, at the end, but. I still loved it. I do wish we could get more rated R horror films in theaters, uh, especially if it's not around uh, fall. So I'm, I'm grateful for The Conjuring uh, for that. Absolutely, yeah. And I don't, I don't want to, you know, make it sound like I didn't like it. I loved it. I ate it up. I mean, the camera work in The Conjuring too. I was like borderline laughing out loud, but because I couldn't control my excitement over the camera work, um, there's a specific one that I remember 
where uh, he starts in the street. I say he because I just think of James Wan. Starts in the street, and then uh, it's like a crane shot all the way up to the second-story window, and then it's a one-er, so it goes through the second-story window into the family's house. It shows the entire family, goes through the house, and doesn't stop. It's one shot, or at least it's made to look that way. And I was, like, laughing because I was so excited by that. Um, his camera work is kind of insane, and I love it. So, yeah, um, I loved it. I loved it as well. I just... I, I, I don't want to just gush over it. So I, right. yeah. I feel like upon second, another viewing, I'll probably enjoy it even more. I do too. And, and I've been wanting to see it again. I made the mistake of going to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 for the first time instead of seeing uh, Conjuring 2 a second time. That was a mistake. Don't see that movie. But yeah, I can't wait to see it again. So yeah, we both enjoyed uh, Conjuring 2. Definitely. Can't wait for another one. I hope James Wan directs it. I'm very worried about that. And having seen this, you know, got me even more excited for Lights Out uh, later this year. It's July. You know Lights Out, right? I don't. You do. Lights Out is that short where the, um, I don't even want to explain it. Everybody knows it. Uh, it was a short that came out online about when you turn the lights off, there's like a demon. When you turn it all back on, the demon's not there. Is James Wan involved in this? Uh, he's producing it, and they, they gave the director of that short the feature but it's not a Blumhouse production, which is, I'm not disparaging Blumhouse, but it's a more expensive, uh, I think it's like a $20 million movie. Mm. Um, so they basically, it's New Line um, WB, which they did The Conjuring. So they're trying to sort of recreate that. And they're giving it a July release, which as you know, that's not normal for horror. Very exciting. Yeah, I've heard it's really good. I've heard that people that left, I think it was Fantastic Fest, uh, said it was better than The Conjuring 2, which... Probably won't be the case for me because I like James Wan too much. Is it going to be a wide release? Yeah. yeah. Full wide release. Full. Awesome. It's, it's like July 12th going to be a huge. I think it's going to be huge. So anyways, that's Lights Out. Cool. Something to look forward to. Yeah. So what else we've been watching recently? Well, what's the other thing? You tell us. I've been uh, talking too much. Season two of Scream. Um, now, I haven't watched this week. Sure. Um, but I am up to date uh, other than that. And uh, man, I find it mad corny, but I'm eating it right up. I'm really, really enjoying it. I guess I just already enjoy those characters. Yeah, it's I. It's funny hearing you say that because we don't want, obviously don't watch it together, and I really haven't talked to you about it at length. And I agree exactly that it's you know at times ridiculous and teeny bopper and stupid, and then at times a really cool slasher. And the mix between them, I just I'm having a ball with it. It's not great, but I'm loving it. Um, in addition to uh, enjoying the characters i like the new ones as well uh kieran's cousin eli yeah uh the sheriff's son the mysterious uh, sheriff's son yeah i'm <laughs> that, that that just sounds corny and it is but yeah. i'm digging them having a good no, time with uh, it. i i believe the other girl is new uh noah's kind of love interest okay right? yeah yeah i like her a lot so it's funny because this season i'm actually really liking brooke who i just thought last season was just like a fake high school character that had like high school problems that just didn't make sense and this this season, I almost think she's like my favorite character on the show next to Noah. Um, that's kind of it. I just wanted to say that because I think it's odd that this season, I just feel like she's been a lot more of like a person and not just like a fake high school character. Um, if I had to complain, uh, this is week four, right? Yes. And I've only seen the first three episodes, but only one person has died? Yeah. This is a slasher, right? I understand, though. Yeah, it's, but, you know, honestly, when they introduce the serial that's got to play out. I kind of just don't know how they're going to kill everybody. Um, but it actually, Scream might actually get canceled, uh, we're hearing, because it's, it's, uh, they moved it to Tuesdays. Uh, so I'm hoping it doesn't get canceled. It's not a perfect show, but, um, I'm loving it. Yeah. I have, my favorite image of the season so far is the, 
Ghostface, the new Ghostface killer, uh, holding a bloody baseball bat. Unquestionably one of my favorite moments of the season. If they just finish the season, that's fine. Like that's gonna I suck if it goes, but at least finish the season. I agree. So we both like the Scream TV series. Uh, I would say it's a recommendation from us, but not like a hell yeah recommendation. All right. If you have the MTV app, watch it. Yeah. If you can get it for free, it is a ton of fun. Definitely. Um, so I think that's it for what we've been watching. I guess I just want to take this time to bring it down a little bit and say that we're sorry that uh, we heard, uh, I guess it was last week now, maybe it was this week, that uh, Anton Yelchin is no longer was with it last us. Sunday? I think it was, yeah. So we love Anton Yelchin, and specifically Eric loves uh, Anton Yelchin. I like him quite a bit, but uh, Eric is like probably like, what, one of your top five favorite actors? Yeah, I really like him. Yeah, so well, do you have anything to say on this? You know, I, I didn't want to talk about this because it just right. uh, it, it bums me out so much. Um, not too sure why I took to him, but all the films that you know I've seen him in, um, I really like. And uh, I remember like when I first heard about it, I was like, definitely fake me too definitely hoax you you actually texted me did you hear about anton yelchin i was like did he have a kid like what you know right did he um is he directing a movie i was like what you know what about him and then i looked it up and yeah yeah um and i guess maybe it's kind of jarring because we're the same age right um but i i just like him so much and i'm so upset that you know he passed um the green room's probably going to be in my top five easily this year no problem uh, but just some other films that I like a whole lot. The Fright Night remake, um, Burying the X. I love Burying the X. I even really like uh, Odd Thomas. Yeah. The dude who did The Mummy with Brendan Fazer did it. <laughs> and, dude, it's fun. And I think it's because it's Anton Yelchin. Right. He, he made it a, a good film. And I think super bummed about him. I think what I liked about Anton Yelchin was just he's just like the most likable person on screen I've seen in a long time. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that like – I don't think there's a person that could say they didn't like him just because he was just that likable and that he just seemed genuine. I don't know. You know, I don't know him, but he seemed like it. If something negative happens to his character in the new Star Trek, I'm going to be genuinely upset. Like right. that's, it's going to bother me. Well, we, we do have Star Trek to look forward to. And, um, I actually still have green room to look forward to. It didn't come anywhere around here. July 12th, the blue. Yeah. So I've got the blue pre-ordered. I'm really excited about it, but, um, yeah, it just sucks. I mean, I don't know. I guess that's kind of it. We we lost Anton Yelchin. And it it I kind of can't believe it. It just doesn't even seem real. Even saying it on here kind of seems like it makes it official for some reason. Like that we're telling people. I mean, of course everybody already knows. But um, yeah, I just I, I feel horrible about it. So I follow uh, Guillermo del Toro on Twitter, and uh, he was tweeting uh, Anton Yelchin uh, recommendations. And I put them all at the very top of my Netflix queue. So I'm happy I have that to look forward to. Right. Well, in, in the similar sense, I'm happy I have Green Room to look forward to uh, as well as Star Trek. So, yeah. Uh, R.I.P. R.I.P., yeah. Bummed about it. Eric didn't even want to talk about it. I didn't. I have, like, goosebumps talking about this right now. Let's move on. Hurry, okay. Go. So rip on to Anton Yelchin. Um, we're bummed. So what do you say we get to our topic? Absolutely. I'm excited. I'm excited to be recording. Me too. Me too. Uh so I guess uh, now it's time for our top five 90s horror movies. Yes. Uh, but first, I believe we probably both have some honorable mentions we should be discussing. Yes. Do you want to go first? 
Um, sure. Um, but before I get to that, I've got a list of films that I feel are bangers, films I like a lot. But uh, I didn't want to include them because I feel like everybody knows them. And, and I'd like to just run through them really quickly. Sure. And I think even some of these might be on your list. So I'm just going to. They definitely will be on my list. Yeah. Won't, won't even talk about them. Army of Darkness. Mm-hmm. Audition. The Blair Witch Project. Candyman. Cat in the Brain, which I have tickets to go see tomorrow. Uh, Child's Play 2 and 3. Bride of Chucky. Dead Alive. The Faculty. The Frighteners. From Dust Till Dawn. H2O. Idle Hands. Jason Goes to Hell. Leatherface, Nightbreed, Night of the Living Dead remake, People Under the Stairs, Scream 1 and 2, Sleepy Hollow, and Wes Craven's New Nightmare. How you will have a list after what you just said, um, because on our last <laughs> episode, you had probably four movies you weren't going to include right. uh, on our top five remakes, and now you've just unleashed and 20 dude, titles that won't be on it. Right. And I have, I, have a, I have a fair honorable mentions list, and then I got my top five still. How you even constructed this is out of you know, insane. Um, I think right before I get to my honorable mentions, I, uh, we should just talk about what we thought about the nineties as sure. a whole. And, um, I would say just for me that the nineties is my least favorite era of horror. And I mean, sort of modern era. I mean, there's probably better movies in the seventies, of course, in the eighties, I think in the two thousands, much better than the nineties. Um, hell, even in the sixties, psycho came out. So, I think it's probably the worst era of horror, um, but that's not to say there wasn't great in there, and you'll hear that, and your list was really good just right. now. Um, I mean, I'll definitely agree with you. Like, obviously, the 80s were better than the 90s, but after rewatching all these films, after coming up with these lists, sure. I think the 90s was a great decade. I still. Think, I think, having heard you say that, I think that it's more of a decade you have to seek stuff out. Like, making this list, I was like, crap, what do I... Okay, oh yeah, that was 90s. Oh yeah, that was 90s. Where with other lists, like if we do 80s, which would be very difficult. Uh, that episode will never come out. No, we will never do 80s because it's just too hard. Um, you know, or even 2000s. I mean, it'd just be like, oh, this, 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 this. It'd be impossible, um, which we sort of did already. But uh, with 90s, it's kind of more like, oh, yeah. Like, you had to seek it out, I feel like. Um, once you get that list, it's like, yeah, a lot came out. But I don't think that it's one. I, they were few and far between is my point here. So... And I do have a worst of the 90s, and it's just one film. Yes, let's. I want to hear it. And uh, I wasn't planning on making a, a worst of list. Like, I don't want to do that. Um, you know, I don't want to suffer through bad films. Sure. Um, but this movie just, like, stood out when I was thinking 90s films because it's so bad, and it's Extro 2. Oh, okay. And it's just a complete rip of Aliens and it's so awful. It's one of those films where I'm like, this is so bad. This is probably going to be fantastic. And that's not the case. And it just never got it's there. It's so bad. It's bad. And the best thing about that film is on the DVD, the director, uh, Harry Bromley Davenport, just smashes the film about just how awful it is. And he's just laughing about it. And I'm glad that film got made because that interview came with it. That interview was better than the movie. Yeah, uh, so good. So silly to hear him just knock his own film so hard. Well, I've never seen Extro. I've never seen Extro 2, so. Extro 1 is fantastic, and right. I've never seen the third one. Don't know if it's available. Would love to find it sometime, You should get though. it from Netflix or steal it out of somebody's mailbox. Do you know what that is? That's a callback to a previous joke. Well, I don't remember it. You don't remember the joke? Nope. Well, we don't make jokes on this podcast, so. Extro 2 is your worst movie of the 90s. Oh, it's so bad. I couldn't tell you what mine is. I would say, uh, I know what you did last summer too. I still know what you did last summer is atrocious, but I don't know if that's the worst. 
I rewatched that for this, the second one, and it's just bad. But you want to get to honorable mentions? Absolutely. Look, I've been talking for a minute. Sure. Why don't you go for it? Sure. So I've got uh, some honorable mentions here that didn't make my list. They're movies that I love, um, but just didn't make my top five because five is such a short list. Lay mommy, string bean. And with all of our lists, I think it's important to say that these are our favorites. They're not what we think are the best. They're just movies that you know we, we like enjoy, yeah. and also may have meant a lot to us. And you'll find that on my list, especially in the middle. So some honorable mentions are um, Nightbreed. Okay. Which you already said won't be on your list. Correct. So uh, I just saw Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight uh, a couple weeks ago. Loved it, but I just saw it, so it's not going to be on my top five. Do you have any honorable mentions? I've been. I have uh, a few honorable mentions. You want to just uh, rattle a few off? Uh, first one is Uncle Sam. Uh, William Lustig, Larry Cohen. It's a holiday slasher. Uh, great creature design, but he wears a mask for the majority of it. Um, but I guess that's not crazy because you think Jason wears a mask and he had right. a fun. And that saves you money on effects. your effects budget. Sure. Yeah. Uh, what I think is real interesting about, uh, Uncle Sam is it's dedicated to Fulci, but there's nothing about it that makes me think of a Fulci film. Right. I don't know if Lustig, you know, just a fan and thought, Hey, does it have out of sync audio? No. Does it have a bat attached to a hand? I, that goes on for too long <laughs> that I still love. No. Uh, my next film is Baby Blood. It is a French film about a woman who becomes impregnated by some type of parasite and she can communicate with it telepathically and it forces her to kill so it can feed. And it's probably the goriest film I watched um, for this list. And uh, I recommend it to you specifically mm -hmm. just because like I think of uh, Aja Asia. Oh, yeah. And in my head, he probably watched this and dig it because it's his country and it's hard gore. Right. And I'm thinking because of those things, you would dig it. Well, you did say France and then you said a movie about a baby. So I think Inside first, which is not Aja, but. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, so it's tight. Uh, my next one is, and I'm kind of surprised this isn't on my top five, uh, Hen and Lauder's Frankenhooker. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, I really wanted this one on my list, but not there. Prom Night 3. The Last Kiss. Uh -huh. uh, the lead actress's name is uh, eluding me at the moment. She's so pretty. You're supposed to say fine. She's that's an easy. So ism. pretty, and I, that's probably what sells the film. Sure. And what's it's surprisingly self-aware, hmm. and and intentionally silly. Uh, unfortunately, I watched the TV censored cut, and I imagine if I could rewatch the art cut, probably love it even more. Right. Uh, next one is Necromantic 2. And for a film about a woman who's a necrophiliac, mm -hmm. you know, we see her sleeping with a corpse. It's pretty, Which, ta it's pretty tasteful. <laughs> <laughs> as tasteful as it can get. You know, I've never seen either necromantic films. I just never had the drive to. But they're, yeah. they're like arty. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. Um, keeping it going. I've never seen this film before and I specifically watched it for this, uh, episode. Jacob's Ladder. Yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah, dude, it's really good, really creepy. I think I think the '90s is the biggest hole for me. Like I've seen stuff I like from the '90s, but I mean, just the movies you're naming, I I haven't seen. You know, uh, just within the last month, I discovered these films. I thought they were going to be on my list, uh, top five, but they weren't. Wishmaster one and two. Yeah, you love those. He's like my new favorite uh, creeper monster. Yeah, I, such a they're real corny. Yeah. But man, super fun. Uh, two more. Uh, Ravenous. Uh huh. The cannibal movie. Yes. Yeah. And my last one is 
this could possibly be my favorite of all my honorable mentions. Okay. Return of the Living Dead 3. Oh, okay, yeah. Yuzna, right? Which is easily... Yuzna. Easily um, the best of that franchise, not counting the original. Right. So those um, are my honorable mentions. I would love for that to get a better release because I haven't seen it since like I was like 16. <laughs> there, uh, is there a blue for it? There is, but it's in China and it's like oh. an upscale DVD. I would love, love for that to get a better release. It's such a good film. So much fun. Well, I have some more honorable mentions from me. Lay them on me. Uh, I have three of them. These teetered on my list. So I'll just say I'm here. Uh, Body Bags. It's like 1990. The John okay. Carpenter. Uh, anthology. Host, ha- hosted anthology. Never seen it. And uh, actually, as I was thinking about Body Bags, I thought, you know, one of our future episodes, I'm committing to it right now, will be our top five favorite anthology films. Because uh, I okay. also revisited Creepshow uh, a couple nights ago and just ate it up. Love Creepshow. Creepshow 2 is incredible, by the way. I like Creepshow 2 more than Creepshow. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Body Bags. Yeah, Body Bags is amazing. Never uh, seen it. It's 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 like a perfect anthology, and uh, it just has everything you want. Uh, Sam Raimi cameo. It's so good. I'll just leave it at that. Wes Craven's New Nightmare is an uh, honorable mention for me. Uh, I wanted to put on my list, but I just I didn't because these other films are more personal to me. But in the years since I've seen it, uh, I've seen it a lot more. It's it's always on like Sci-Fi or something, or maybe it's IFC. And uh, every time I can't stop watching it because it's just so cool and so meta. And it's just Wes Craven working, you know, at a level before, you know, he did Scream. Right. It was uh, right before Scream, correct? Yeah, 95, yeah. 94, 95. And it's like the beginning of like meta craziness. Great, great movie. And one more honorable mention is, and this uh, was my number five for a while, but I switched it out, is the Blair Witch Project. Okay. Um, I rewatched it for this list and it's really good still. People have sort of soured on it. For some reason, people don't like Blair Witch anymore. Um, it scared me, dude. I was sitting at at um at work and uh watching it by myself and it it still freaked me it's still creepy um really effective movie uh obviously for the time it came out was completely insane their marketing campaign was insane you know they made it look like it was real and everything and i understand all that but in terms of today seeing it it's uh still really good just still a, a really really solid uh found footage movie in a world where found footage is annoying uh, this wasn't. I still love that movie. So yeah, Blair Witch is great, but it's an honorable mention. Those are some heavy titles. They are, yeah. So I guess we could get to our list. Definitely. You're pretty excited. Are you ready? I sure am. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I can go first. Sure. Uh, so what is your number five? My number five is... 90s horror. Yep. Maniac Cop 3. Okay, yeah. And as I was watching this film, I was worried because I thought it was going to be really high on my list Uh and it teeters out a little bit but the reason i was worried because i think the consensus is that's a bad movie and i was like people are gonna think i'm crazy if i got this at two or one or something um but the reason i like it so much is it's definitely the most like slasher and horror ish of that trilogy Mm -hmm. um by this point cordell is just like full-on zombie monster you know the way he he looks uh, right the makeup and the subtitle is badge of silence but it should be bride of maniac cop because that's essentially uh what it is he's trying to find a woman and easy uh, sympathizes with that sympathize with cordell <laughs> <laughs> you just love it yeah it's it's just sick because it's uh yeah it's a fun slasher yeah, I know you are the biggest maniac maniac cop fan that I know. Um, do you like three more than two? 
I do not like uh, three more than two. And I definitely would consider the Maniac Cop series like action as well. Mm-hmm. And these set pieces are just wild. Some of them that are, uh, are in these films. I've only seen the first Maniac Cop movie, and uh, the finale of that movie is like a shootout, and then like right. a big chase scene, and then like it's uh, there's like a, a huge truck going into like the water. I just remember Bruce Campbell backflipping off. I'm sure that's not Bruce Campbell. Right, but, right, right. Yeah, no, I, I, I when I. Um, I've never seen the Maniac Cop sequels, but when I first watched the first movie, I was like blown away by how much uh, action and just craziness set pieces. There's some fire stunt work uh, in both the sequels, and it's just like, that's nuts. Somebody did that. Yeah. They were on fire for any extended period of time to begin with, but it just looks so crazy in these films. Did uh, Lustig direct that? Here's here's what's interesting about that. Um, he just like clashed really hard with the producers as they were shooting that film. Mm-hmm. And, um, whenever he turned in, like, his cut, it was only 51 minutes long. Oh yeah. It's and like less than an episode of TV today. Right. So he, he bailed on it, and one of the producers had to step in. And, uh, in the opening credits, it says that Alan Smithy, but yeah, really it was yeah. Lustig and one of the uh, producers that, um, directed it. And uh, that was like, another reason that I was kind of worried uh, was because, like, in this interview on the on the extras, Lustig is just bashing it. Right. But, dude, I like it so much. Yeah, it it's doesn't matter. It's really yeah. good. Yeah, it's it's a definitely a fun film. Yeah, how many times have we found out that a director didn't like the movie that they made, but we did, or had trouble on the set, but we still liked it anyway and didn't know that? For a film that had so much trouble, it's a fine film. Right. But then again, it has a maniac cop name, so you probably would have liked it anyway. Can we get Maniac Cop 4, please? They're doing a remake now, right? Lustig, I know you're listening. Uh, yeah, isn't Refn uh, producing? Yeah. I, I hope I hope that gets made. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I really want to see a Neon Demon, by the way. Mm, I'll watch it, but whatever. You, you, you done with Nicholas Winding Refn? I think I am. Okay, so Maniac Let's, Cop 3. Yes. Uh, big fan. Let's hear your five, please. So uh, my number five is a movie you've already mentioned. It's the last time I'm going to say that because you mentioned all of them, I think, except for one. But my number five movie is a movie I asked you several times, is it horror? Mm. And it just, you know, I think it's horror, but it's also mostly kind of a sci-fi movie. It, Comedy. As I say, every time it teetered on my number five to honorable mentions. And I thought, you know what? I saw this movie when I was a kid and I've loved it ever since. And I rewatched it recently and loved it. And that movie is The Faculty. I love The Faculty. I mean, I, I don't know people that don't like it, but if you don't, you're wrong. Uh, I was definitely young when I originally watched it, and it's definitely been a minute since I've seen it, but that was just one of those films that just clicks instantly, instantly with instantly. me, and it was just like, oh my gosh, this is fantastic. And I think as I grew up, I started to realize that it was written by Kevin Williamson. Robert Rodriguez directed. And and obvi- well, obviously, as I was growing up, I knew it was Robert Rodriguez directed, but now looking at it, it's Ke- Kevin Williamson written, and it's just, it's like his scream level. It's it's uh, written so well, so clever, so much fun. Josh Hartnett is, uh, you know, just being like wacky and weird in the faculty. And I love that. Um, big fan of Jordana Brewster, at least at this era, this era and, uh, uh, fast and the furious, uh, era. And, uh, she's like the femme fatale sort of in the movie. Um, and, uh, great John Stewart, uh, performance. He's like the teacher that tests the aliens and just craziness. It's just a crazy, goopy, creepy crawly movie sort of. And uh, it has basically a Thing remake scene where they test each other. Do you remember this? I sure do. 
And uh, I just think that's funny because it's clearly, you know, I don't want to say it's a ripoff. It's, you know, sort of a callback to the thing. Uh, done well in this movie, a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, it just gets crazy and crazy towards the end. So um, the faculty is, like I said, a movie I saw when I was young. I think first time I ever saw it was on like USA or FX. Um, and I remember just being like, you know, what is this? This is amazing. I want to say I probably borrowed the DVD from you. You probably like the did, first yeah. time I watched it. I don't have the Blu-ray yet, and it's like seven bucks on Amazon. But I just rewatched it, so I don't want to just buy it just to right. have it. So I'll get it eventually. I think it, and I think it just came off of Netflix, so yeah. it's been readily available. Yeah, The Faculty, amazing movie. I'm sure everyone's seen it. If you haven't, just please go watch it. Uh, Kevin Williamson is just so so good, especially during this era. Um, so yeah, that's The Faculty. Um, what is your number four? Uh, my number four is for a film that uh, is on my top five. I actually don't have too much to say about it, but I really dig it a lot. Surprise. Um, it is Basket Case 2. Okay, sure. Uh, you love The two franchises that Eric Hoff likes mommy. are Maniac Cop and Basket, and Case. Basket Case. I, I love Hin and Lauder. I love <laughs> Lustig so much. And I'm going to go off the rails for a minute, okay? Let me just say Belial is the man. Go Let ahead. me... Let me f- reach gonna, our I'm quota. Please go ahead. Let me reach our quota of talking about other podcasts on our podcast. Um, after listening to R.A. the Rugged Man's episode of the Movie Crypt, I bought um, his latest album uh, from iTunes. Digging that. Um, but he produced Bad Biology. Yes. Which is uh, awesome. So anyways, let's get back to Hennenlauter. Apparently, Hennenlauter directed his first music video. I haven't seen it, but that's awesome that there's an R.A. Rugged Man music video out there directed by Hinnelon. Anyway, That's awesome, yeah. Yeah. So something happens at the end of part one. I won't say, in case you haven't seen Basket Case 1, uh, loser. Which I have. Basket Case is amazing. Oh, I meant anybody in general. Like, well, I know. You obviously need to see Basket Case. I'm just putting it out there. You know, people, if we, did, know if we did do a top 80s, th- there'd just be so many number one ties. It'd be Basket Case 1, 2... Three, four, well, two's it's a joke. It's a right, joke. Right, right. Okay, so something happens at the end to the two main characters, Dwayne and Belial. Okay. And in the sequel, there's this woman named Granny Ruth who has a home specifically for, they're not monsters, you know, people who are deformed. She, she takes them in. Mm-hmm. So Dwayne and Belial, they go to this home. And while they're there, Belial finds... A woman who's similar to him. And Belial's like finally happy. So this is like Bride of the Belial. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the third one, they do have kids. Um, Spoilers for Basket Case 3. Yeah. So so for starters, one reason I enjoy this film so much is because it's cool because I don't want to call them monsters, but there's more monsters, right? Mm-hmm. So Dwayne sees it as, well, Belial's finally happy. I can finally get away from him. I can finally go out and do my own thing. There's a confrontation there, though, between the two of them. Uh, outsiders learn of Granny Ruth's home, and they have to, like, then protect the home from uh, these outsiders. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the main uh, running point of uh, Basket Case 2. And the way it ends is just so, like, OGD that I just wish there wasn't a 3. 3 sucks, and the ending to 2 is so great that I feel like it shouldn't be nullified with what came uh, in three. Would you want a basket case four? In a minute. Okay. Especially if it was Hen and Lauder. Sure. Well, let's yeah. get Hen and Lauder <laughs> and RA on that ASAP. Please. Yes. So basket case two, 
I thought it was going to be a little higher than four. Right. I'm surprised it's only four. Yeah, I yeah. thought it'd be your number one, to be honest. Happy to say those that blue is coming out, what, August from Synapse? Yeah, like August 12th or something. They're only like 13 bucks on you, Amazon. You have that, yeah. what, German? What is, where is it UK from? It's a UK trilogy, yeah. From the UK. Blue, and you're just sleeping on... You, Two and three. Yeah. I've seen Basket Case. I love Basket Case. Um, listen, man, I got a lot of movies to watch. And we're also, you know... Well, listen to this episode and take my recommendation. <laughs> I'm going to see them. That's why I have the trilogy. Right. Um, but so now yeah. you just told me don't watch three. Yeah. yeah. Like, I almost don't even want three, that blue. But right. I'm probably going to get it. Well, just because. Twelve ninety nine. Right. So, lay part four. Or, excuse me. You're number four <laughs> on me. Yeah. I haven't seen Basket Case two or three, but love Basket Case. So, my number four is a movie you already talked about again. And uh, I feel like by you listing your list off that you're not going to include, it sort of cheapens my list in a way. Um, you know, I want to do that in future episodes. Though. No, it's fine. I, I just, think, I just feel like you and I, we have a good dynamic going. You go more mainstream, for lack of a better term, mainstream. Sure. And I go not quite as mainstream. Sure. And I think, I think what we've talked about on previous episodes, I just think it's a difference of what I want to do and what you want to do. I want to make a list like what is my top five nineties movies. And you would rather do top five movies that people haven't seen from the nineties, essentially. Yeah, right? let's let's get people to watch basket no, case too. Absolutely. I totally agree. I'm just saying I want to put my top five nineties out there. Sure. Um but next episode we will have a pretty eclectic mix of things because we're gonna do non popular slashers. But I do genuinely enjoy these films that are on, absolutely, my, yeah, on no. my top list. Do you think that Basket Case 2 would have made it with the other movies that you could, couldn't could name? Easily. Okay, yeah. So Easily. All right. So, like I said, my number four is a movie that you did mention. I just want titties. I just want violence. I'm going to cut it at that first thing you said. I just want it to be consensual for all females and just have a good time. That's what I want. Listen to the end of this episode. That's going to be a drop at the end. I just want titties. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. We know exactly what you're talking about. Give me number four. You're okay. four. Number four is a movie I only saw recently, um, but it quickly became you know one of the best 90s horror movies I ever saw, and that is Candyman. Very good. Yeah, I, I hadn't seen it until... You're looking for Candyman, bitch. <laughs> Why'd you looking for Candyman, bitch? I hadn't seen it until uh, about three or four months ago, and I got the Blu-ray in from, I think, the UK, and it's region-free, and it uh, looked great. And yeah, I mean, everybody's right. That movie's freaking amazing. Um, I think for me, it came down to just Tony Todd. And then I think it's Virginia Madsen is the uh, main character. I just liked them so much. And obviously Tony Todd is great as Candyman, but I also liked Virginia Madsen as like being tortured by him. And, uh, she's also just like really sexy in the movie. It's not, but I like how it's almost like a children's like folklore tale. Right. No, yeah, but kind of in a way for adults because right. he terrorizes adults. Um, and he's a tragic character. Yeah. I really, really liked Candyman. I liked how um, the word is not going to sound correct, but I actually mean this in the setting. Uh, I liked how urban the setting is. I like how a lot of it takes place in like sort of broken down areas of, I'm not sure where it is, LA maybe? Chicago. Chicago, sorry. It is in Chicago. But I like how um, it feels dirty, grimy, and it feels... Uh, that's uh, That's one of the reasons why I love... Uh, the first case. basket case. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, when he's just like walking down 42nd Street. Yeah, no, I yeah. don't want to be there. And there's steam everywhere. But I like seeing that. Absolutely. So and that's I kind of felt like that in, you know, seeing broken down sort of um, urban Chicago. Clive Barker wrote the book? 
I think so. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I think the setting is like a big thing why that movie works so well. It's just something I guess we don't see. I'm glad you had this on your list. Yeah, I love it. Love love Candyman. Um, and you like it too. So do you want to say anything about Candyman? Other than that, I'm looking for him, bitch. No. Okay. Yeah, just a great movie. Iconic I like, horror character. Yeah, he he's awesome. I have I've heard the sequel's atrocious, so I I haven't seen it. Uh, I feel dumb saying this, but like how only Robert England can be fucking freddy absolutely yeah only tony todd could be Candyman. but you said you like the uh nightmare remake you said it was fun on our last episode i do like it but that doesn't take away from the fact that that's not my freddy sure i'm gonna say right here i don't like that nightmare i can i can i can set those two things apart sure yeah i mean it'd be interesting to see if they ever do remake Candyman. that's a good question um i feel like they couldn't because it's so tony todd it's so specific to that um, I also hate bees in real life. I don't know if you know that. Um, and there's a lot of bees in Candyman. So uh, I thought it was spooky in places too. Like um, when she's alone trying to find Candyman in this broken down area. Um, I was kind of spooked out, kind of scared. So yeah, I think it still works today. It's still such a great movie. So anyways, that's Candyman. That was my number four, top five 90s movies. Um, what is your number three? I'm going to call number three... The scariest film that I watched uh, for this list, and it's The Exorcist 3. Oh, okay. Uh, written and directed by the man who wrote the original novel, uh, William Peter Blatty. Uh, it's based off one of his novels, Legion. Um, upon working on it, the producers wanted it to tie into The Exorcist films, so they demanded that they change the title, as well as he film a uh, exorcism scene. Um, towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, what I think is really cool about it, and I don't know if this was in his original script or if this was forced upon him, but the way part three ties into part one is just really, really cool. And what it's about is a serial killer who's been dead for 15 years is killing again. Yeah. And it's one of the detectives from the original Exorcist. That character is trying to solve um, this mystery. Um, so anyways, um, I think the reason I find it so scary is I'm just like a sucker for religious horror. Like, because I think I was, I, I was grown, I grew up, excuse me, I grew up Catholic. Both of us grew up Catholic, yeah. So that idea of the devil is real yeah. just terrifies me whether or not he actually is the idea of it is scary right exactly sure sure. uh there's a particular scene where it may be the demon is walking down the street and he goes into a church and there's uh, a statue of jesus on the cross and the statue like starts crying like looks like it's in distress Mm -hmm. and it is so creepy dude creeps me out just every time every time i watch it just creeps me out and there's just some tremendous uh jump scares in the film as well uh, the tension buildup is just fantastic to when it finally just explodes. Mm-hmm. I'm out of my seat. Well, I haven't seen Exorcist 3 or Exorcist 2. I haven't seen any of the sequels. I've been dying to. And hearing you talk about 3 like that, like I, I want to see it so bad. Supposedly, so. Morgan Creek is doing a director's yes. cut blue. Yes. And I who knows if that's true. I won't believe that till that happens. Um... But what we have, like what's out there on mm-hmm. DVD and Blu-ray right now, that's my Exorcist 3. Right. It's, I think it's great how it is. I don't need to see an altered version. Well, I'll just say I love The Exorcist. I mean, who doesn't? But I just think it's a masterpiece. And so I've always been interested to see what a sequel would be. And I know people have seen them. I just haven't. 
And I just think it's, uh, it's cool to hear that the third one is that good to you. It's because, fantastic. Um, I'm assuming you're a fan of The Exorcist. Freaking. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, a given, right? Do you like it more than, uh, the oh, first? Oh, don't one? ask me that question. I'm asking you right now. Oh, well. William Friedkin's Exorcist or William Blatty. Peter Blatty's nah, Exorcist 3. No, nah, I'm going one. Okay. Duh. I would hope so because um, that's a masterpiece. But, yeah, no, that's cool. I wish I could talk about it, but I haven't seen it. So, right. you know, I want to. I know the Blu-ray set, it's like an anthology set. It's only... Um, it's like $20. It's like 20 bucks on Amazon. So I've been... I've been, I'm actually been circling it for a while, so it's funny that's on your list. Um, right. But, yeah, Exorcist 3. Let's hear your three, duh. My number three... I started on my number six movie. So, so I'm, this is actually my number four. Let me explain. Faculty is my number six movie of the nineties. Candyman is number five. So just go twice. Yes. So, uh, essentially my number four. Yes. Essentially my number four horror, horror movie of the nineties. I apologize. I have six movies written down and I didn't look at it. Um, my number four horror movie of the 90s is a movie like I was saying that you probably don't like and most people don't like and I've already talked too long so I will just say it is H2O okay. uh, Halloween 20 years later and I know a lot of people don't like that movie that much I know some Halloween fans like it um, it's just a movie for me that I like Michael Myers and Jamie Lee Curtis as uh, Laurie Strode so much and uh, really they could be in any movie and I'd like it and I think this is just sort of a perfect um, way to bring back this story and it's you know 20 years later so basically it's halloween for me it's halloween one two and then h2o and then everything else in terms of the michael uh franchise of course halloween three is great um so i love these three c i love these three movies halloween clearly halloween two i love and then halloween h2o is the third my third favorite and uh I don't know. I just love seeing these characters again. I, I guess I'll make this one quick since I screwed up my list, but I love H2O. Um, again, Josh Hartnett's in this movie, which mm-hmm. is odd. You know, he's okay. Or he's, his son, right? Right. And he's likable enough. And uh, uh, I just, I love the slasher setting of it. I also love that they're like trapped at a school um, so they can't go anywhere. And uh, security guard is LL Cool J, which I think he does fine. He's nowhere near as bad as like Buster Rhymes. That's just like gives you a clue that this is from the 90s yes um it's very clearly 90s but it's also it does pay respects to the genre as well as halloween and um janet lee is in it she's like a a secretary old lady or something you know she's from psycho she's uh jamie lee curtis's mom so yeah i i I love H2O, and I think I'll just leave it at that, that uh, it's my number four favorite movie from the 90s. I I love Halloween so much, the franchise, that I wouldn't want to pick, and I feel like a lot of fans do, uh, what do they like more, either the Thorn trilogy, four Mm -hmm. through six, or H2O, and I like them equally. Yeah, no question for me, Halloween 1, 2, and H2O. I love those movies, uh, beyond belief. So... I think I will do my number three right now. Should I? Give it to me. So my number three horror movie from the 90s, as you can see, I screwed my list up, but um, let's get back on track here. My number three is uh, Dead Alive, Brain Dead. And it's Peter a, Jackson. Right, Peter Jackson. It's a movie that you said won't be on your list, so it's not going to appear. And uh, uh, because I have one more than you, I'll make this one quick as well. Just that... Um, it is a gross out splatter fest from beginning to end. 
and I I rewatched it last night, and I always thought it was the end that's crazy and splatter and gross. With the baby, the entire movie. Oh yeah, that is, dinner scene. That dinner scene is one of the grossest things I've ever seen. I was watching it last night, and I was actually eating Taco Bell, and <laughs> and uh, you know, um, uh, I don't even want to say it. Uh, gross things go in a soup, and it, it was very uncomfortable to watch while I was eating Taco Bell. You know, I've been a fan of the genre for as long as I can remember, and one thing I've never been able to do is eat while watching something gory. No. Or nasty. I don't know well, why. And definitely don't watch Dead Alive <laughs> while, while eating. eating. No. You know, I can have a snack. I can have some popcorn or something. Yeah, I can have But if I'm trying to have a meal or pop, something, some popcorn. it just ain't happening for me. Yeah, so. I had a girlfriend in the past who would make fun of me for that. Right. Yeah. Um, and I guess I'll just say that, you know, the whole movie is crazy. You're right. The baby scene is great. But, of course, it all. The lawnmower scene. You didn't let me say it. it, it cul- I made your toy, Doc. <laughs> it culminates in, in the lawnmower scene, which is. Obviously, one of the most iconic, most insane things. And the funny thing about it is, it's it is gore and there is blood, but it's like it doesn't even look like blood. Like it, it's just like gross, like pus flying just everywhere. Thick, yeah, it's nasty. Um, but it's so much fun. And and upon rewatching it this time, being a little bit older, I did notice that it is. I mean, people have always made this comparison. It's so close to Sam Raimi. It's so close. I mean, they're the way they do close-ups, the way they swing the camera into people's faces a lot, um, the way the camera sort of uh, drifts here and there um, into scenes. It's it's uh, they're so close to each other. Peter Jackson, and Sam Raimi at that time. It's it feels like Evil Dead. Um, so yeah, it's just such a great movie. Dead Alive needs a new Blu-ray release. I believe Peter Jackson bought the rights back. And it's like, what are you doing, man? You're restoring it or are you just going to hold it? Because we want Dead Alive, please. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, that's Dead Alive. Just That's my number three favorite horror movie from the 90s. Um, one of the best horror movies ever made. Uh, certainly important to the genre. So, what is your number two? My number two. And I feel like you could probably guess it, but I'm just going to say it. It is? Maniac Cop 2. Oh, <laughs> I hate you so much. No. It is so good. I'm going two over one, no doubt. If I call the third one the most horror-ish of the trilogy, part two is the most action-y mm-hmm. of the trilogy. I said this for three. I'm saying it again. There are some set pieces in there that are just wild. Uh, there's a particular scene where Cordell shoots up a police station, and it's just awesome. <laughs> and the only other film that I can think that does that is Terminator 1. And this scene in Maniac Cop 2 definitely rivals T1. Wow. So the film, uh, in the film, Cordell teams up with a serial killer. Tell the viewers, the listeners, who Cordell is. In case they don't know what Maniac Cop is. Sure. Well, Cordell is Maniac Cop. Sure. Uh, So he's a crazy undead, basically, cop. You know, I've always struggled with that. Is he dead in the first one? It's not important. Okay. I just, so, that way people so, know what you're talking okay. about. In, in, the, in the first film, he's a cop who gets things done, but maybe not by the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's investigating some people who are in high offices uh, within the New York uh, city government. And whenever they learn that he's investigating them, uh, they get him arrested on some trumped up charges. Trump? Trumped up? Trumped up. Go ahead. Not real. Fake. And while he's in prison, there's a bunch of dudes in there that he put in there. They 
cut him up real bad. They think he's dead. Uh, the what is it? The uh, jail doctor takes sympathy on him and lets him go. So he runs rampant uh, in the first one. In the second one, I guess he's undead. Um, anyways, he teams up with a serial killer to continue his killings. And that sounds like a great idea, and it is. But the serial killer is, he's almost the comedic relief. Huh, okay. Uh, he's like kind of silly. And they really don't have any chemistry because Cordell doesn't talk. And it's just this guy being hokey and wacky. And Right. But their plan is really cool. Their plan is to break into some uh, maximum security prison. And they're going to free all the inmates that are on death row. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, it's a couple new police officers in this one. They're out to stop Cordell, and I forget this other serial killer's name. Uh, interesting tidbit. Supposedly, it was supposed to be, uh, I'm, I'm going to mispronounce his name, Joe Spinelli's character from Maniac. Oh, wow. Was supposed to be this character. But so it's supposed jo- to be like a shared universe? Exactly. Oh but Joe God. Spinelli passed away before Lustig and Cullen were oh, able sucks. T- uh, to make this. Yeah. So Maniac Cop 2, fantastic. Let me put you on the spot right now. Why don't you just sell me your copy that you have of Maniac Cop 1 on blue? I just have the DVD. How much do you want it for? Ten dollars. I paid fifteen. Give me your number two, sir. <laughs> uh, so I've heard two Lustig films and one Hen and Lauder film. You heard two Hen and Lauders because I had Frankenhooker on oh my. Oh my god! I meant on your list, but I understand. E dog loves Hen and Lauder. Absolutely. E dog loves Lustig. I love Cohen. Yes. Let's keep it rolling. All right. Number, for the East Coast. Number two. My number two is. Uh, Probably easily guessable at this point. Um, there's two left, in my opinion, from the 90s that are not, that you can't include, but I clearly will. Um, and number two, uh, horror movie of the 90s is almost not even horror, but it is, is Army of Darkness. I'm calling it horror. Yeah. So, uh, obviously I was just talking about Peter Jackson, how similar to Sam Raimi he is. Well, here we have Army of Darkness. And, uh, you know, what is there to say about it that any horror fan doesn't already know? You know, it's just so cool that the ending of Evil Dead 2 actually happened. They actually made that movie right? where Bruce Campbell, Ash, gets thrown through a, port- thrown through a portal into the medieval times and has to fight deadites with, like, knights and, and, and shining armor. You know what's funny is like you hate period piece films. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so that's interesting that you're into Army of Darkness. Well, but I feel like it's a given. Well, having, you know, having you just said that, I, I like The Witch as well. So if it's a movie that's good, I don't care what period it's in. It's just, it's, it is it is more difficult for me to like. Didn't you but, tell me you had a problem like just starting Ravenous? Uh, yes. Because yeah. I found out it was a period piece. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, you know, I think if Army of Darkness didn't have uh, Bruce Campbell as Ash, I probably wouldn't like it. But the fact that it's it's you know a continuation of our story, and it's just insanity, fun humor, so much fun. And uh, I have to say the windmill scene with the multiple Bruce, well, the multiple ashes. I keep saying Bruce, you know, right. same thing really, uh, is so much fun. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. I'm, what again? What else do you say about Army of Darkness to horror fans? I mean, it's just one of the best movies ever made. I can take it off the rails for just one second. Sure. Uh, Obviously, we're talking Bruce Campbell. I love Boba Hotep. Yeah. Have you seen it? Not yet. God, you're awful. Yeah. <laughs> what about uh, My Name is Bruce? I have the DVD in the next room <laughs> over. Yeah, I'll see it eventually. Yeah, nowhere near as good as um, Boba Hotep. No. 
Uh, it is certainly, you know, on my list. I'm not an idiot here. <laughs> I'm going to see. Are it. you sure about that? You haven't seen Bubba Hotep. Are you sure about that? Okay. Um, yeah, Army of Darkness. Uh, I can lube up my own crankshaft. Eric essentially ruined my Army of Darkness pick. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, it's just amazing. And um, yeah. If it motivates you to watch Bubba Hotep, it was worth it. It was worth it. It was worth it for you to ruin our podcast just for me to see Bubba I Hotep. ruined it just because I love Bubba um, Hotep so much. I guess I'll end Army of Darkness with... Uh, Neither of us have seen Ash vs. the Evil Dead. Not yet. Not yet. But the blues drop in what, August? Who's doing that still book? I don't think anybody's doing no, that. No, there's book. a still book, Doc. I don't I believe look, you. Google it. How much do you think you're echoing right now in these mics? Goggle it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so Army of Darkness, I was going to end it with just the ending of Army of Darkness is awesome. It sucks that Ash vs. the Evil Dead sort of couldn't use Army of Darkness for whatever reason. I've seen the first episode. We haven't seen the rest. We don't have stars, so we're going to wait for the Blu-ray is why we haven't seen it. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, S smart, you know, the whole ending of army of darkness is awesome. And yeah, so I think that's it. Army of darkness is great. You already know that. Yep. So I'm just a broken record here. That's my number two. So Eric Hoff, my number Easy one, e, what is your number one horror movie of the nineties? This movie is too cool. Maniac cop seven. <laughs> I wish basket case six, six, I'm, six. I, I'm gonna mispronounce his name, I'm sure, but I'm gonna try. Michael Suave's 1994 Cemetery Man. Okay. With Rupert Everett. Yes. This movie is just so stylish. There's just a perfect symmetry to these scenes. It's just, it's, I guess, arty. But what's great is it meets the genre standard. You got your titties and you got your gore. Say it louder. It meets your genre standards of female nudity and the gore, and it's just an awesome zombie movie. It's uh, questioning uh, what is life, uh, what is death, uh, can you find happiness in relationships? Which you can relate to. Everybody can relate to Absolutely. that. And it's just so darn cool. Like It just oozes style. Uh, Rupert Everett plays this caretaker for a cemetery. Um where after a week, the dead come back to life. And he takes it upon himself to re-kill them. Sure. Make sure they don't get out of the cemetery. And he tries to make it known to city officials, but they don't believe him. So one day, he's out working in the cemetery, and this woman is burying her husband. And he just falls madly uh, in love with her. And one she night... She dies and comes back. One night when they're... Nope, there's a twist! Uh-oh. But wait, the, and this one's... Uh, a screamer. One night he's with her. The dead come back to life and they bite her. And so he thinks she's dead. So when she comes back, he shoots and he kills her thinking that she's now a zombie. Oh, no. But she's not. So he has to now deal with the fact that he's killed the woman he loves. And the downward spiral ensues from there. It sounds, is sounds so depressing. good. It is just so awesome. Um, it's an Italian film. Uh, this man also did the 1987 slasher stage fright, which I'll definitely be oh, watching yeah. for our next uh, episode. And it's just so cool, I think, because it feels like it was pulled right out from either 70s or 80s which uh, is Italian good, yeah. films. Yes, but this is 1994, and it is so darn cool, so darn good. And that is 1994's Cemetery Man. Well, um, you know, I haven't seen Cemetery Man. 
I've always wanted to see it, so of course, having you heard, having you haven't heard you, seen any of the films on my top five, not sir. A single one, but nope. you did pick quite obscure films. So I don't know what Michael So Avi doing right now, but man, hopefully a Cemetery Man sequel. Hell of a director. Maybe he's directing Basket Case Seven. Hell of a director. So that's it for Cemetery Man. I wish Correct. I could talk about it. I haven't seen it. Uh, you know, I'm dying to see it now that I've heard you talk about it. So. Yeah, as I've said, the 90s is just an interesting era for me. I've seen stuff, but not everything. And you clearly have seen everything from the 90s. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... Uh, what is your number one, sir? My number one movie from the 90s is very simple. It is Scream. So, you know, it is Scream. It's Wes Craven's Scream. I would, would we call it Wes Craven's Masterpiece? I was just going to say, it's probably Wes Craven's Masterpiece. I think... If I had to pick a Wes Craven film, it would be Scream. I think that, um, you know, if you're a horror fan out there listening to this, you've obviously seen it. This is similar to, you know, Army of Darkness, where what more can I say to anybody about it? But, you know, again, Wes Craven's direction with Kevin Williamson's writing is just top notch. And, oh, I didn't, I didn't stipulate this. I, w- I will not include Scream 2 or 3 on my list, even though those probably would have beat out something else well three was 2001 okay so scream two then um, which is excellent as well absolutely i love all three of them you know people have different opinions about two and three i love them equally um not as much as the first but still amazing, amazing. i love three me too yeah uh and that's what it seems like everyone hates that one and i just have to say right here uh i'm in love with nev campbell in these movies and, you know, as I always say on these lists, you know, the cast of Scream, you know, you all, you know them, you know, David Arquette, um, Courtney Cox, Nev Campbell, as I said, and, um, Henry Winkler <laughs> in the first one. Um, but yeah, just, you know, unquestionably one of my favorite movies of all time. If I had to make, if I had to make you a top 10 of my favorite horror movies of all time, Scream would 100% make it. You know, it's probably the one 90s movie that would, would 100% be on that list. And it's just, uh, yeah, the meta aspects, you know. Again, what do you say about Scream? Um, it's just perfect. And also how sort of violent and crazy it gets towards the end. Even watching it today, you know, with, uh, I would say, civilians killing people in the world, which happens today. It's uh, it's quite shocking to this day to watch uh, Billy and uh, Stu. Stu. Um get crazy at the end is all I'll say. And just, it's, it's still shocking to this day, even though I've seen it a million times, Jamie Kennedy is amazing. Cause he's telling us all the slasher rules, which we all know. Uh, yeah. I mean, do you have anything to say about scream? Uh, awesome costume design. How about that? How iconic is Ghostface? 100%, you know, one of the best, uh, masks of all time, in my opinion. Um, I guess the story on that is that they, they, uh, made all these different masks and made all this stuff for the movie. And they couldn't decide on it. They're like, yeah, I guess we'll go with this. And then um, I guess they were, I'm pretty sure the story goes that they were in someone's attic. Right. And they were digging through a box. And, uh, you know, this is such a, a, a horror movie cliche, but they're digging through a box in the attic and they just pulled this mask out. And they were like. That's some toy company had just uh, made or something. Yeah, it's called like Funno-matic uh, or something. Funno-vision or something. I guess on the first day that they shot, they shot with both masks. But they only showed the one with uh, the ghost face mask to the producers and Bob and Harvey Weinstein. And they were just like, yeah, this is uh, uh, we really like that mask. And then that's when Wes Craven goes, 
well, we're going to have to buy the rights to it because we didn't make this mask. We found this in the attic. So then they had this long, long, long uh, search to find who owned the rights to it. And it's some random guy in the Midwest. Um, and he like sold it to him for like a dollar or something. Yeah, I think crazy. he sold him the rights. There. He's like, yeah, I guess you can make a movie uh, for a dollar. Uh, but the thing is, is the guy holds the rights to the merchandise. So right. anytime anyone ever sees Ghostface merchandise, um, that guy gets paid. So good for him. Good for Scream. One of the best masks ever. Great costume. It's a slasher. As anybody that knows me, I love slashers. And it's a send-up of the genre. Yes, it is. So Redefined um, it. Just like on our top 10 of the last 10 years, I said Cabin in the Woods is my favorite. Similarly, in the 90s, Scream's my favorite. Send-ups of the genre, just love letters. Um, Yeah, Scream. I guess that's it. Good stuff. So... My number one movie of the 90s is Scream. Your number one movie of the 90s is... Cemetery Man. And that's because you could not include things like Scream, Army of uh, Darkness. Cemetery Man is real good, dude. But it would not be your number one if you could include... It may have been. I don't believe that for a second. If you could include Army of Darkness... You have an Army of Darkness poster in your living room. That's just because I don't have a Cemetery Man poster. I don't believe that, that would be number one. I'm not saying you don't like Cemetery Man. It would not be number one. You should recap the movies you couldn't include, though, if you can, before we go. Okay. It's kind of a long list, but I will certainly do it for you, though. Run through them. I am running right now. Films that I enjoyed but decided not to include were Army of Darkness, Audition, The Blair Witch Project, Candyman, Cat in the Brain, Child's Play 2 and 3, Bride of Chucky, Dead Alive, The Faculty, The Frighteners. Why wasn't The Frighteners on your list, huh? It was never personal to me like these other movies. <sighs> I know you love Frighteners. From Dust Till Dawn, H2O, Idle Hands, Jason Goes to Hell, Leatherface, Nightbreed, Night of the Living Dead remake, People Under the Stairs, Scream 1 and 2, Sleepy Hollow, and Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Did you say Jason Goes to Hell? Don't tell me <laughs> you don't like Friday Nine. And I think with that, we've reached the end of the Ghoul Squad podcast, episode 6. Don't try to hide it. I don't, I'm not a big fan of Jason Goes to Hell, but I like the ending. That's about it. So thank you for listening. It's been fun. And remember, if it's alive, then you know what it feels like to be God. Thank you very much for listening. We hope that uh, some of the people that have contacted us um, heard their shout out. Are continuing uh, to are listen. are continuing to listen. And I would just say that, you know, I feel like we have like five listeners, but like me and Eric are like worried that our episodes aren't going to be good now, um, which is kind of a stupid thing to even think about because we're just idiots and we just have a podcast that a couple of people hopefully are listening to. So, um, but thank you so much for listening to uh, this episode and we hope that you listen to future episodes. Uh, tell us what our next topic is going to be. Exactly. What is our next topic? Oh, I thought you were asking. Like, if you have a topic idea, tell us. Uh, yeah, we're going to do uh, non-mainstream slashers. Top five, right? Um, hopefully, we get uh, our next episode out sooner. I said that last week or last episode, but um, I moved uh, to a new apartment since then. So, I think we've got our setup good now. We're, we're good to go. And um, where can you find us on Instagram? Ghoul Squad FM. Uh, whenever we were working on this list, I feel like we were just kicking out posts. And we kind of slowed down for a minute, but I'm sure we'll pick it back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've said this in the past. Uh, we've had some good interaction. Oh, yeah. So much Instagram. fun on our Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, you can also like us on Facebook. You can also listen to our episodes on Facebook in case you don't want to listen in iTunes. And that's uh, facebook.com slash cool squad FM. We also have a Twitter account, uh, twitter.com slash cool squad FM. And uh, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to us on iTunes. Listen to us on um, Facebook. Our next episode. Follow us on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to pick one, follow us on Instagram because we're Definitely. having a ton of fun posting what we're watching, talking to people about stuff. It's been a lot of fun. We gave away the Krampus digital code about a month ago. Yeah. So maybe we'll do that again. Hopefully look out for that. Mm-hmm. And we'll uh, hit another milestone in followers maybe. If we ever do. Yeah. If so, anything, we're going down. I think that's it. You're uh, about to hear uh, our outro and intro song. And uh, why don't you tell us about that real quick before we go? Sure. It was a band I had in high school. It was a horror punk band. Uh, we were called Prom Night Girls. Night was spelled N-I-T-E. Prom Night was taken from the Jamie Lee Curtis slasher uh, Prom Night. And it just seems like girls are excited for Prom Night. So that's where I came up with that name. Um, and that was one of our more popular tracks. And it's called Ghouls You Back Off. So as you said, thank you for listening. You're about to hear that now. We'll see you next episode. Thanks for listening. titties.